Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Yang Gang Podcast. We are so excited to be here with all of you today, recapping this second debate. And um, I'm here, my name's Evan, I'm here with uh, my co-host. Connor, good to be here. And uh, yeah, we couldn't be more excited to talk to you guys about the things that we saw. It's just, it was a great debate. In my mind, it started off slow. But the way they... Started off slow with some weak candidates. There was... I think a lot of people might have complained about the fact that there was, like... Too th- many? It went It went very long. I was going to say that this debate went very long here yeah. tonight. However, I liked it because it actually gave... It gave Yang a chance to speak, which the other debate didn't. And initially, it was just Kamala and Joe Biden... And I think people have heard that there was a hot second where I didn't, I didn't think he was going to get in time at all. No, it was. It felt like after his opening statement, he had like a little thirty second hiccup, and then it was uh, wasn't anything for like a good solid 30, 35, 40 minutes. Yeah, I was getting concerned. Yeah, I was I was tweeting some fire today during this debate, and uh, I was also concerned, but. It's just such a relief for me, honestly, um, to finally hear this. Because I know the American people were watching that. I know they were. And he got enough time to really explain the things that that I think that they needed to hear and that I think are important. So I'm, I'm very happy with how t- tonight's debate turned out. I thought there were a lot of, you know, some candidates were better spoken than others. Um... But, I mean, that's not... This podcast isn't really about those other it's candidates. It's not the others. It's no. about Andrew Yang and his candidacy. I think, to you know, compare him to the other candidates, uh, he's always been the more level-headed. There's none of the political fluff involved to it. And uh, he's always trying to come at it with the solutions. Yeah. He's always dropping the bombs with those one-liners, too. Exactly. I just, the things that matter in this country are the things that actually affect people's lives. And when we have someone who is currently in office, like, I mean, Donald Trump is just not as smart as Andrew Yang. Like, there, there's zero, I feel zero like, debate about this. Yes. And it would just be such a relief just to see someone who I think actually knows what they're doing has statistics to back it off. Like, I saw a tweet tonight that was like, and Andrew Yang is entirely too bright to be on this stage. <laughs> like That is indeed true, but it's refreshing <laughs> to have him on there, refreshing to have a voice like that, because while all of the candidates are mired in the, in the muck of, uh, of all the nitty-gritty details of healthcare, Andrew Yang's like, look, like, take your heads out of the sand. There's bigger realities about to check us and, and catch us up off guard if we don't have uh, a little bit of foresight. Right. And we're squabbling over these little fucking details in healthcare and, you know, bureaucracy while he's out here trying to say, like, look, this is actually what's coming. This is what we actually need to be prepared for. Yes, we'll deal with the healthcare, but exactly. the fact that the nature of, of, of jobs, of the workforce, are going to be changing, are changing, and are going to be completely different within a decade. Right. It's just, I liked his closing comments a lot. 
that he made specifically, like, almost critiquing the style of the debates. Because one thing that he talked about, he was talking about it earlier this morning, is that all of these Democratic candidates, they basically tour together. They see each other a lot. They're actually more or less friends with each other, a lot of them. So to put them on a debate stage and almost turn them against each other is not... For the sake of a debate. No, yeah, for the sake of television, honestly, because it's not for the sake of the health of American politics. No. It's not. And I liked his criticism at the end um, where he talked about how politics was a reality TV show and it made sense that we were elected a reality TV star, right? I mean, look at how, look at the analysis and the commentary that come in afterward. It's just a lot of just machine gun fire blabber. Like John King, Anderson Cooper, Wolf Blitzer. They just ramble, ramble, ramble on. Andrew Yang is correct in saying that um, we deserve what we got, essentially. Uh, yeah, uh, he's saying that in one sense, but I think he's what he's at. What he's saying is that we deserve, we deserve better, and we don't know it because he talks about this scarcity mindset, right? And one of these things, I was I was watching um, a recent Yang interview. I think it was with Kara Swisher. And he was specifically talking about this, how one of the challenges he faces in trying to bring about an abundance mindset is that he has to go against natural human nature. He said he talked to psychologists, and that psychologist told him he's going against the human mind because the human mind is designed for scarcity. It's designed for, I'm not, I don't know when I'm going to get the next meal. I don't know when I'm going to get this next thing. But that's not what this is about. And this is about an economy that works for all people. They, too long we've heard this, this notion of a trickle-down economy. But at, for the first time, we're hearing something about a trickle-up economy. In the same, and this is not a new idea. That's the thing that people don't realize, is that now we're actually just in a position to actually implement this. And... It's been talked about from, like he said, Thomas Paine to Martin Luther King Jr. It passed in the House in 1971. This idea is not new, but that doesn't mean it's not good. If anything, it means that there is a past to base this this current future on, in that we're in a position to actually make these things happen now. And not only that, it's if we don't make these things happen... The results could be drastic and severe. We need to give people the chance to make the most of themselves. And right now, in America... Because it ultimately feeds back into the greater good, i.e. the economy. And I mean, they can call it the economy. You can call it... Yeah, I guess you can call it the economy. You'd be a more active consumer. You'd be a more active social participant right. which is essential to the fabric of community that these politicians are always talking about exactly people have to be able to see we've become too damn out. we've become too selfish and we need to get to be more community minded and i think a lot of it has to do with the economic pressures that we face as an individual which we feel like we uh you know don't have the time or can't afford the time to go you know give more of ourselves right and but that little boost might increase our social activity, you know, giving, you know, some sort of volunteering 
or giving back. Exactly. I um I think it would do so much. I mean, I just think about some of these things like how how much it would really do for people who who are hesitant to start a small business. If you make $1000 a month and you live in the middle of the country, that can that can be that extra that thing that you need to just sustain your business for just a little bit longer just a little bit longer so you can finally get to that point in your business where it's profitable it can stay afloat on its own and it just would do so much to stimulate i believe the economy and a lot of these fears about inflation and other things i think are actually not well founded they even talked about like Famous economists like Milton Friedman, who was from the University of Chicago. And one of the things that Milton Friedman did that's really interesting is if you look at the economy of, I believe it's Chile specifically, that economy basically broke down, right? And in the 70s, they basically hired a bunch of professors, including Milton Friedman, from the University of Chicago to come in and try to structure an economy for them. And they're thriving right now. And it's a really interesting thing. And these are the types of people that support these ideas. And I just, I'm so happy that this message finally, in my mind, finally got out to the American people. And this is just the beginning. I think this is just the beginning. I don't see why it has to just apply to Alaska. Because that's where it's currently being carried out. Not yeah. through Andrew Yang's dividend, but it's a dividend, dividend nonetheless, which is kind of what it, you know inspired. Yeah, Andrew Yang. Yeah, twenty twenty. I um, so I'm I'm really happy about this. Um, I look forward to the debates narrowing in number. There's there's too many talking heads. CNN loves talking heads. The more, the better. Yeah. It was too many candidates. I hope I I hope uh, Andrew Yang continues his run in a smaller field to get more and more attention. Yeah, I mean we need to pay attention close to his polls and see how he's uh, ticking up after. Yeah, uh, I will. Let's uh, let's check out actually the Google Trends. Give me a second. I'm responding to a CNN politics tweet. Very important. Yeah, of course. I the Andrew Yang or the Yang Gang podcast is alive and thriving uh, on the Twitter sphere. If anybody is listening to this, they probably found out about it honestly through Twitter. Um, they probably clicked the link to listen to this through Twitter. Yeah, number the number one search Democratic candidate Andrew Yang is actually five, but the number one was Tulsi Gabbard. Um, but I mean, it's still in the in the middle of the mix. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm still very happy because a lot of this, it's not even about, like, Google searches. It's more, I think, about having people actually hear and know who he is and what his message is and how it would positively affect their lives. This is not just some money giveaway. This is not buying somebody's vote. This is a new, not even new, but this is, this is the future. This is coming, and whether or not we do it now or whether or not we do it later, this is going to come, and 
honestly, the sooner the better. Because the sooner we can do it, the sooner we'll see the positive effects from it. And that's that's and my this favorite. country's in dire need of it. Yeah. So, I don't know. That was only 12 minutes. Um, we have anything else to talk about? Um, yeah. How, would, how did you think of his overall performance? Um, good. Okay. If I'm I, think be, he, I think he got a little better as it went along. Oh, definitely got better as it went along. Um, if he was to listen to this and I was to give him some criticism, and I say this because I want him to succeed, um, more confident on the foreign policy answers. Yeah. But, um, I mean, to be real, like, Donald Trump tweets about foreign policy, you know, from his from his 1,200 thread count sheets, you know, laying in bed watching Fox. So, I I do have pretty, with pretty good confidence that Andrew Yang would be a better at negotiating foreign policy. But that would be my one criticism. But in general, I think a lot of tonight was about just getting his message out. I think it's interesting that they threw a foreign policy question at him. Because if there is one weakness that he has, it's probably that. Um, and it's not even... It's just that I, I haven't heard that, you know, out of his campaign. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and that's almost a testament because everything is so locally focused, which is what I want, I think. But We do need to improve home first. Exactly. Um, it doesn't take much. You kind of can just look out your window and see. Right. But he did talk about ending what he calls the forever wars, which... I mean, I definitely agree with. It's been a slow bleed with that war so in this country. Long. It's just. I think it was Buttigieg the other night who was talking about how soon the first person will be, the first soldier will be killed who wasn't even born when the when September 11th happened, and that's true because that's that will be exactly 18 years on September 11th, 2019, right? So at that point in time, you can have an 18 year old get deployed over there, and there you go. Um, but the reality of that situation is probably, I mean, people over there who are not Americans were not alive. So there's definitely been people, casualties of people who were not alive when September 11th initially happened. We, we need to, you know, I think we need to do what we can to help rebuild these places. But just for our own sake, we spend so much money and for what? And like I, what's happening at home. Right. I no, mean, we need, uh, we need uh, a candidate who has... Home focus in a way that's inclusive and civil. Civil. I mean, just like kind. Respectful. Respectful. Yeah. Respectful. It doesn't mean that they have to agree. Firm and assertive, but respectful. Yeah. That's not. That's that shouldn't be too much to ask from the president of the United States. (laughs) Andrew Yang always has. poise um and even tonight like he didn't get caught up in the muck here's the thing at these debates i mean you and i were talking about it during the debate it's no one has any slander against andrew yang no no one has thrown no one threw any blows his way no because it's just like i mean how could you not i think they think he's smarter than they are yeah yeah i mean and, and to some extent he is. But the other thing that I was going to say The man's is, got numbers. He's got numbers, facts, and figures that he can rattle off on pretty much any situation. So I think a lot of yeah. these candidates know better to, to press <laughs> yeah. him on that. Yeah, right. So maybe he should be more aggressive in like stepping in and saying, actually, it's... Uh-uh-uh. Yeah. You know, whatever the point is. Yeah. And I, I think another thing... He's got to be more Bernie about it. That I admired, too, was that like... 
early on, like when he wasn't getting called on, he could have easily went the first time he did get called on taking a shot at somebody because yeah. taking shots at people is what gets you airtime. But he did it. Yeah, he did. He take did shots, it. and that just shows. I mean, that speaks, in my opinion, to his character, and that's. The one thing I think that is even more like you can disagree with specific policies. But he could he could make another candidate look bad, you know, like yeah. Kamala Harris, like press like call her out on some issue. Could, but that's just not that's just not who he is, and that's that's like I think the most attractive thing about his platform and his campaign is that it's just Tommy brought some character back to the White House. I mean, say what you want about. You know, maybe you don't agree. If you're listening to this, you probably do agree with a lot of Obama's policies because you're probably left-leaning. But we do have some right-leaning listeners who are also Andrew Yang supporters. And I think they would agree that Obama was at least poised. You know, he, he didn't... He intentionally made an effort to not embarrass himself and this country, I think. And that, and that, goes, that goes for something. Obama could show up to a social function and... Be kind, be kind to the Republicans, be kind to the Democrats. He would be, you know, he'd be welcome. He'd be welcome. And that's exactly what I'm saying. Is in even George Bush was now he was lambasted by the media. Yeah. But even him, Democrats respected him. Nancy Pelosi respects George Bush. And she'll tell you that. And that's this that's something that we need to bring back. It's just the pure character. I saw another tweet about Andrew Yang today that specifically said one of his most positive qualities is that he is always searching for the information that he doesn't know. He's searching for his blind spots, and he's trying to constantly pick up all the information he can so he can make the best decisions. And I think that's what you need. You don't need someone who is stubborn, build the wall, do this, do that. Stuck We've got to do that. we got to go back to clean coal. Like, no, that's not the forward solution. That isn't it. Like, you even see, like, the state of Texas, I believe, now generates more power through wind than they do through coal. I, um, you'd have to fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's true. And that's just the way that things are heading in this country. We cannot have this these ideas of regression. We need to move forward, and that doesn't mean we need to make like we extremely have, we have a, radical we, changes. We, we have to, as a whole, become more flexible of a society, more adaptable. I don't know how to go about doing that, but I do. Called the Freedom Dividend. Freedom Dividend. Imagine having the monkey off your back. Uh, just and everyone not, knows everyone knows that little nagging feeling in the back of their head that's saying like oof could really use that extra yeah what yeah. would I would do with even just a thousand dollars and like I was reading a UBI study the other day and it said that there are two groups in amongst these places where it's been tested out there are two groups who end up actually working less. That's the main criticism, right? If you give everybody $1,000 a month, nobody's going to work anymore. But that's just not true. First of all, it's only $12,000 a month. But can you guess what those two groups are? No. Mothers, college students. That's it. That's it, right? And it's like 
part of the thing, I can tell you when I was in college, I worked a job. I worked a job the entire time I was in college. And I can tell you my grades probably, not even probably, would have certainly been better if I didn't have to do it. Certainly. And maybe that would have yeah. led me... I, I mean, I don't know. I think I like to think I'm doing fine. I'm happy with my case. But all I'm saying is that the people that, that end up working less from this are more or less the people that should be working less. And, and that's what this is for. We need to provide these opportunities and we need to provide a sense of belonging and a sense of value to these things that aren't currently valued. Yeah. And... I agree. And it's just... Um, it, it, these policies are so good and so practical. That's, I mean, why I think we both felt compelled to do this. What is required for him to make to the next round? When is the next round? Um, the ne- okay, so he's got about three weeks prior to that cutoff date. And the next round, I believe, is in September. So um, I don't know when in September. could be, obviously. I mean, it's July 31st. As we How many this. candidates will make that round? Right now, I think there's only seven that have qualified. And Yang's... Okay, I don't know if you heard that this... Yang qualified via four polls. Don't get don't get too excited. Which are like Quinnipiac, Fox, NBC, and maybe CNN, something like that. And the DNC came out and with so you had to hit two thresholds: qualify above two percent in four polls and have one hundred thirty thousand individual donors. So Yang has the donors, and that can't be taken away. However, the polls. The DNC said that the Quinnipiac poll did not count, so now he is only qualified in three out of four polls, as of right now, but that was prior to the debate. So we'll see if this Mm. gets him a little spike. Chances are, looking at this, that he still will qualify, Um, but that's the thing. If he qualifies for those, it's a different different ballgame. It'd be a shame because his message is too practical. And that's the thing that I was worried about so much is that he wouldn't be able to get his message out tonight. He wouldn't qualify for those polls, and then it's over. And that, I don't think, I really don't think that's what's going to happen. If anything, I think a lot of people heard this message tonight and are thinking, what, first of all, who is this guy? For some of them, who haven't heard, heard of him? Your ears perk up when you hear $1,000 a month. Yeah. And second of all, what... Why doesn't everybody... Where is this? Where has this been? This is like a, this is like fresh water. This is like... This is such a breath of fresh air. An oasis in a desert. Yeah, honestly. Honestly. That's what Andrew Yang is to politics. I couldn't agree more. So, well, I think, I think we can about wrap it up here. But, yeah, thank you all for listening. I know that you guys do listen. Um... And do and your part in supporting Andrew Yang's campaign. Absolutely, this please donate. If I don't know, I don't know how those polls books. work, but if anyone pulls you, you know, do you're it. a Yang supporter. <laughs> um, yeah, go out, do it. Follow, follow him on Twitter at Andrew Yang. Follow his um, campaign manager and follow Zach us. Roman. And um, follow us at Yang Gang Podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll keep doing what we can what we can do to keep spreading this message and um we really appreciate all of you guys and we we just want to honestly like we just want to know 
Yeah. We want to let him know that it's not left. It's not right. It's forward. It's forward. And on that note, thanks for listening. Until next time, Yang Gang 2020. Yang Gang 2020. No, 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 no. I said, should you? You should not.